There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's And it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling everything's going my way. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. We've got a special show for you today. We have Jimmy Stewart as our guest on the Bing Crosby show. So I'm really looking forward to that. Love it when Jimmy's on here. He always does a fabulous job. And Bing has a way of embarrassing him and treating him that's just uh, fun to have the interaction between the two. We also have Tony Arden on. She was on last week. She's on this week again. Tony Arden was on a early television show in 1949, I believe, called Doorway to Fame. And Doorway to Fame was kind of the American Idol of its day, that sort of thing. And introducing new artists to radio audiences and television audiences. And out of everybody that was on that show over a two-year run, she was probably the only one that became somewhat famous in her own right after that. Uh, she certainly had a uh, television show at some point. She'd had her own radio show at some point. She's on Bing Show. She's She appeared on lots of people's television radio shows. So she um, was very popular in the early 50s time frame sort of thing. She passed away here in uh, 2012. And uh, this is a chance for us to enjoy her again. Uh, also, we have the Railroad Hour. It's the episode is New Moon, and I hope you enjoy both shows tonight, and we'll see you next time. For you, proof of mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Chesterfield, Chesterfield always takes first place. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. Oh, open a pack and give them a smell, then you'll smoke them. Someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins with the mayors and Bing's guests, Miss Tony Arden with a song, Mr. Jimmy Stewart with a problem, and now here's Mr. Bing Crosby with a cold. <laughs> Hey! My virus got quite a hand there, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. Bigger hand than I ever got. Well, it's uh, really, it's no wonder you caught cold, Bing. It's been a very hectic month for you. It's been just yeah. tricky. Uh, cards yeah. pouring oh. in from all over, congratulating oh. you on your 20th anniversary. Mm. <laughs> ASCAP presented you with a plaque. The disc jockeys have honored you. And to cap the climax, mind you, I have a newspaper clipping here which says you've been given 30 days in jail. <laughs> That's right. He must have got a hold of a very old paper. Oh. You see no, that? No, What's the date no, on really, it? no. This is from last week's Montreal, Montreal. paper. Montreal. Look, here it says... I'm very big in Montreal. Yes, Bing Crosby gets jail terms, see? Well, that can't be me. It can't be me, because every time I'm arrested, I always use a, an assumed name. I throw an alias at the cops. Uh, what name do you use? Leslie Town Hope. Bing. Do you think it's fair to use Bob's name when you get in a scrape of the law? Certainly do. It comes in very handy when I get pinched for jaywalking, heavy breathing in the public library, or <laughs> pinching tomatoes in supermarkets, or illegal breeding of hamsters. Oh, that's or... awful. <laughs> Bobby Guy just fell apart. He must be a hamster fan. <laughs> hamster. <laughs> 
And, of course, I can get picked up for singing, too, which causes horses to shy, children to cry, and dogs to bark. Well, maybe so, Bing, but I still think you shouldn't use Bob's name when you get in trouble. Oh, it doesn't matter, Ken. It all evens up at the end of the year. He always uses my name when he gets in a scrape. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, I wonder what Hope was doing in Montreal last week. Uh... Huh? He was probably up there doing a show. They wouldn't arrest him for doing a show, would they? I don't see why not. <laughs> well, anyhow, Bing, it's a wonderful month for you. Everybody's slapping you on the back. Decca gave you a gold record. You caught a cold. Bob Hope gave you a gold girdle. <laughs> That's how I got my coal squirming out of it in the draft here. <laughs> well, cheer up, Bing. There's good news from Florida. Really? Oh, yes, sir. Governor Fuller Warren of Florida sends you his congratulations and appoints you to the rank of general on his staff. General? Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly very nice of Governor Warren. Say, Ken, now there's a coincidence for you, isn't it? There's a Governor Warren in Florida and there's a Governor Warren in, in California. That's right. But you'll find that the California Warrens are larger, sweeter, and juicier than the Florida Warrens. <laughs> And now for our friends in Florida, may I say vice versa. (laughs) (laughs) To our friends all over the country, I would now like to present a very charming vocalist, Miss Tony Arden. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. Say, Tony, our opening selection is a thing called You're Just in Love from the Broadway um, show Call Me Madame. You're joining me in this, you know, hmm? aren't you? No, I certainly would love to, General. Okay, John Scott. (laughs) General, we are ready. Smell blossoms and the trees are bare All day long I seem to walk on air I wonder why I wonder why I keep tossing in my sleep at night And what's more I've lost my appetite Stars that used to twinkle in the skies are twinkling in my eyes. I wonder why. You don't need analyzing. It is not so surprising that you feel very strange but nice. Your heart goes pitter patter. I know just what's the matter. Because I've been there once or twice Put your head on my shoulder You need someone who's older A rub down with a velvet glove There is nothing you can take To relieve that pleasant ache You're not sick, you're just in love You don't need you can. It's very nice of you, but of course we must sell some Chesterfields, you know. Friends for you, proof of mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Yes, that's what Chesterfield has for you. And here's the authority that proves Chesterfields are milder. Over a thousand prominent tobacco growers have signed a statement saying, to judge tobacco for its mild smoking qualities, I smell it. If it smells milder, I know it will smoke milder. 
That's the standard mildness test. If that tobacco's made into cigarettes, those cigarettes will smell milder and smoke milder. That's why I smoke Chesterfields. And Chesterfields are made of the right combination of the world's best tobaccos. And you know the way Chesterfield blends those tobaccos, their secret process. It means every Chesterfield will have the right combination of mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. Yes, Chesterfields have proved to have no unpleasant aftertaste. We've got authority for that, too, you know. It's the country's first and only cigarette taste panel who reported Chesterfield is the only cigarette in which members of the panel found no unpleasant aftertaste. There you have the straight facts. That's what Chesterfield has for you. Mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. So get yourself a pack of Chesterfields today. Believe me, they satisfy. Here is a a French importation. At least the melody is French. But the lyric is uh, a new lyric done by Mr. John Mercer. Than whom there's no finer, really. The falling leaves drift by the window. The autumn leaves of red and gold. I see your lips, the summer kisses, those sunburned hands I used to hold. Since you went away, the days grow long, and soon I'll hear all But I miss you most of all My darling When autumn leaves Start to fall The falling leaves Autumn leaves of red and gold. I see your lips, those summer kisses, the sunburned hands I used to hold. Since you went away, the days grow long. And soon I'll hear all winter songs, but I miss you most of all, my darling, when autumn leaves start to And with a good deal of pleasure, I relinquish this microphone to Miss Tony Arden, who will sing My Man. She has a fine record out on this old number Tony has. I think you're going to be much entertained by this very stylish arrangement in Tony's delivery. Antoinette? One thing that I've got It's my man Two or three girls has he That he likes as well as me But 
don't know why I should. He isn't good. He isn't true. He beats me too. What can I do? is just despair but I don't care when he takes me in his arms the world is bright right. what's the difference if I say For whatever my man is, I am his forevermore. He is my Tony, and thanks very much. We have, a, we have a gangling guest this evening whose two latest starring vehicles are currently proving that movies are better than ever. As the harried head of a household in Jackpot and as the Puka's peaceful pal in Harvey, his brilliant performances are causing cascades of guffaws. Literally cascades of guffaws in popcorn palaces everywhere. We're real happy to uncoil the carpet once again for friend James Stewart. Hi, right, Bang. Oh, he's a lanky one, isn't he? He's a lumpy one, isn't he? <laughs> well, that's not me, really. I'm just breaking in this suit forever to disappear. <laughs> Where you been the past few months, Jim? I haven't seen you around. Oh, I, I was in England, bang, and making a movie over there. Oh, an English movie, huh? Something for television? I, no, no. <laughs> no, not for television. This is an American picture. We made it in spite of television. Ah, <laughs> boy. That's a fight I like to see. We'll lick him yet. That's the old Jenny guy on there, Jim. Oh, leave it alone. It'll lick itself. <laughs> I wish I had some minute made on me. I'd like to drink. You <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jim, may I congratulate you on this jackpot picture that you made for 20th Century? And I want to congratulate you on Harvey, too. Picture you made for UI. On this new one, though, that the one you want, who, who, who are you working for now? Oh, the same old bunch, Bang. The boys down in Washington. <laughs> Know them well, know them well. <laughs> What's the new picture about? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Well, you read, <laughs> you read the script, didn't you? Oh, no, I never do that, Bing. If I read the script, it uh, kind of spoils it for me when I see it in the theater. Well, you got a point there. Of course, with me, I'm impatient. I, I like to read the script so I can be disappointed right from the start. Oh, yes, you... <laughs> no, well, you shouldn't be disappointed, Bing. Your pictures are wonderful. If you care for singing. <laughs> no, really, really. Oh, your, 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 your pictures are swell, but you're, you're a big favorite in England, you know. Well, they must like singing, I guess. Oh, they love it, yeah. They're, right now, they're having a big celebration. What is it? The Bing Crosby Month. Uh, Everett's 20th anniversary is a millionaire. <laughs> oh, can they really celebrate my anniversary in Europe? Oh, and it's going very big. Oh, there, ben, really? Yes. After all, you made it possible for America to afford the Marshall Plan. <laughs> Oh, yes. Took the wife over to Europe with you, Jim? Oh, yes. Gloria came over with me. Of course, the doctor didn't think much of her making the trip. Well, Gloria's not sick, is she? Oh, no. No, no. Uh, no, she's not sick. She's more or less under the doctor's care these days. Mm -hmm. 
What's the matter, Jim? Well, uh, Bing, I, in a way, it's all your fault. <laughs> My fault? What's my fault? What, what's wrong? What do you well, mean? Well, Bing, you remember back, oh, a oh, couple years ago, I was on your show, and you tried to talk me into getting married to a girl? <laughs> I remember, sure. I said a big, good-looking, easy-going guy like you should have been married a long time ago. You were a good catch, but you were afraid to pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, after, after I left you that night, I got to thinking about your advice. Uh-huh. And the next thing I knew, I was combing rice out of my hair in a hotel room. Gloria with you? Uh, yes, it was her comb. That was nice of you to take her on, on the honeymoon. That's nice. Yeah, well, I was so excited. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. But I, 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 as I think back on it, I realized that it was the thing to do. <laughs> I remember you telling me about your honeymoon, Jim. In fact, uh, don't you remember we did a broadcast about it? Oh, yeah, that, that's yeah. right. It se- seems like... I'm on your show every time a major event takes place in my life. That's right. That's the way it works out, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... Well, here I am again. (laughs) No! Well, put her there, but congratulations. Thanks, Bang. So that's why Gloria's under a doctor's care, huh? Tell me, how's she doing? Oh, Gloria's fine, Bang. I don't feel so good. (laughs) You'll get over that. I know how it is. Tummy topsy-turvy in the morning Yeah, yeah <laughs> Middle of the night you wake up sometimes And you think you'll just die If you don't get a strawberry malted milk <laughs> And a pickle And a pickle, <laughs> yes I know, I, I had the same thing I, I had the same thing with Gary yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you have terrible heartburn all the time? <laughs> Constantly, every, everything I ate Heartburn day and night They say that's a sign that the baby's gonna have a lot of hair, you yes, know Yes, I've heard that <laughs> Last few weeks, I couldn't eat a thing No, I don't All that I can eat is Tums <laughs> I'll eat a lot of them, you're eating for two, you know <laughs> My, my, uh my Doctor, the, the, the doctor's quite worried about me Your doctor? Yes, I go for a checkup every day <laughs> Gloria drives me over. Oh, man. You got it bad. Bing, we're going to have to buy all our baby's things. I'm just too nervous to knit. <laughs> oh, Gen Z, now, come on. Relax. Relax. Yes. Relax. How Certainly. can you stand there and, and, and be so calm about everything? Well, I've been through it myself several times. Yes, I, it's, it's awful, Bing. I lay awake nights thinking, what'll happen if Gloria suddenly says, this is it, and I rush out and the car won't start? What? <laughs> Oh, man. Come to think of it, when I was in your predicament, I kept the motor running day and night. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. The cars and mine. Oh, oh. yours? <laughs> Boy, I'll count ten before this happens again. Oh, now, Jam, don't be so bitter about no, it. When, that... when Gloria wakes me up in the middle of the night, I know I'm, I, I, she'll never get me to the hospital in time. <laughs> Jam, don't be such a fraidy cat. Oh, I can't help it, Bang. I'm the worrying sort, you know. Sometimes I wish I'd didn't even know about this. You know, why couldn't Gloria have just kept it a secret? Well, in your case, it might have been more merciful. (laughs) Just when did Gloria break the news to you, anyway? Well, frankly, Gloria never exactly told me, Bing. No, I read it in Luella's column. (laughs) And then I got suspicious. Well, that's grounds for suspicion. (laughs) About a week later, I knew it was true when I went around back of the garage and I caught Gloria building a playpen. <laughs> now, Jimmy, you ought to just relax. I'm sure Gloria will take care of everything. Gee, I wish she'd take care of me. I'm a wreck. You silly. Use just your imagination, Jim. I, I thought the same thing, but I pulled through. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> well, you get this way after the baby comes, after he grows up and goes into competition with you. Well, even, even, even so, pal, your first one was just Gary. Just one. What are you expecting, the Andrews sisters? <laughs> Not uh, quite. Twins. Twins? Yes. Twins? Hmm? Two of them. <laughs> Doctor warned me. Uh, told me. Oh. <laughs> was it your idea to have twins, or, 
Or was it the studio's idea? Sort of a stunt for jackpot? Oh, no, no. No, no, this is serious. You're telling me. <laughs> no, I'm reminding you. <laughs> Doctor could be wrong, Jim. You know, did the twins, are they running your family? No, as a matter of fact, children don't even run on my family. <laughs> Boy, they're running now. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Gloria's already redecorated a bedroom in the house and Pink wallpaper with little blue bunnies and little chicks on it mm. She's got tufted teddy bears and plastic toys and rattles hanging all around mm. and Satin bows tied to the bed and, Gee, it's just awful Awful? What do you mean? That's the way a room should be decorated for babies No, Jim. this is my room The nursery's <laughs> down the hall <laughs> Now that's foresight on Gloria's part You see... No matter where you walk the twins at night, the decor will be appropriate. Yeah, be yeah I suppose. Mm -hmm. Well, Bing, there, there are a lot more things I'd like to discuss, but it'll just have to wait. I, I've been standing on my feet altogether too long for a man in my condition. <laughs> <laughs> you poor boy, you poor boy. How inconsiderate of me. You just rest now. Take a seat over there and puff a, puff a chest of you. Thanks, thanks. I knew you'd understand. Oh, absolutely. Now, if you feel... Thanks, <laughs> Jim, if you feel... While you're sitting over there, Jim, if, if, if you should feel a sudden urge for a pickle, why, I think you'll find one in John Scott Trotter's picnic basket. Oh, uh, oh is John Scott going to a picnic? No, he's going to a restaurant, but he likes to eat on the way. Oh, I... I'll, see... I'll see you later, Jim. Well, Bing, now that you've finished with the expectant father, don't you think I should get in here with a word about Chesterfields for the expectant smokers? And I'll get in with you because I want to remind all you folks what Chesterfield has for you. It has mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. And now here's how to prove that. First, you make our mildness test. Buy a pack of Chesterfields. Open them. Enjoy that mild, mellow aroma. Compare it, and you'll find Chesterfields are milder. Ken's right, friends. And as tobacco growers have been saying for years, tobaccos that smell milder... Smoke milder. You light up a Chesterfield and you'll see how true that is. Chesterfield smoke milder. And with that milder smoke from Chesterfields, you get no unpleasant aftertaste. That fact has been confirmed by the country's first and only cigarette taste panel. Well, those are the reasons you ought to get with Chesterfield. They're milder, and it's the only cigarette that has for you mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. To say it uh, musically, uh, comes out. Chesterfield, Chesterfield always takes first place. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. Oh, oh open a pack and give them a smell. Then you'll smoke them. Good Lord bless and keep you, whether near or far away. May you find that long-awaited golden day today. May your troubles all be small ones. And your fortune ten times ten. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. May you walk with sunlight shining and a bluebird in every tree. May there be Of every cloud you see, every cloud you see, fill your dreams with sleep tomorrows. Never mind what might have been. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. May the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet. Till we meet again. Oh. 
like to thank Miss Tony Arden and Jimmy Stewart for joining us this evening. Oh, I enjoyed having that little talk with you, Bang, and I hope you get over your cold real soon. Thank you, Jim, and I hope you get over your trouble real soon. Uh, oh, oh, I will. Who, who, who are you going to have next week, Bang? Next week, Jimmy, we'll have Tony Arden with us again, also that great jazz band, The Firehouse Five Plus Two, and also that great comedian, Leslie Town Hope. <laughs> Of course, if he gets arrested on the way to the broadcast, he'll show up as Bing Crosby, I imagine. Oh, gosh, two Bing Crosbys. They're sure going all out for you this month. Aren't uh, they giving it the Good night, Bing. Good night, Jan- Daddy. Good night. Folks. <laughs> Folks, just before shoving off here tonight, I'd like to thank the radio editors of the United States and Canada for their very kind consideration of me in the recent poll conducted by the Motion Picture Daily for Fame magazine. So I'll see you next week for Chesterfield, folks. The best cigarette for you to smoke. The Bing Crosby Show, presented by Chesterfield, was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Now, here's a word to all you folks who sent greetings to Mr. Music. Next week, here on the Chesterfield program, we will announce the name of the person who's been chosen for the free trip to Hollywood. Tune in next week and hear Bing and his guests... Miss Tony Arden, the Firehouse Five Plus Two, and Bob Hope. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the romantic operetta The New Moon. Starring Gordon McRae and his charming guest star, Miss Dorothy Kirsten. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and the music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight another great musical hit is brought to you by the American Railroads. The same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is our star, Gordon McRae. Thank you, Marvin Miller, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, in the role of the Lady Marianne, you will hear the lovely Metropolitan Opera star, Dorothy Kirsten. I am Robert Misson, who sailed to romance and high adventure on a ship called the New Moon. New Orleans, the year 1791. I stand in a tavern with a group of patriots who, like myself, had fled to escape the vengeance of the King of France for daring to whisper the words liberty, equality, fraternity. We were planning a new colony, an island colony, where we would all be free. How will we get to this island, Robert? There's the rub. How will we get there? We set sail tonight, Philip. Tonight? Yes. We will commandeer a ship that is in the harbor now, loaded with supplies. Ready to sail with the tide. My friend Philip and several others among you are already members of her crew. The New Moon. But the New Moon is a bride ship bound for Martinique. Well, we need brides to set up a colony, don't we? <laughs> Think of it, men. A new colony, a free colony for the brave, the strong, the stout-hearted. Are you with me? Some men who are stout hearted men who'll fight for the right they adore. Start me with ten who are stout hearted men, and I'll soon give you ten thousand more. Shoulder to shoulder and bolder and bolder, they grow as they go to the fore. Then there's nothing in the world can halt or mar a plan. Men 
and stick together man to man. Give me some men who are tough-hearted men who will fight for the right they adore. Start me with men who are tough-hearted men and I'll soon give you ten thousand more. Oh, shoulder to shoulder and bolder and bolder they grow as they go to the fore. I remember men's faces reflecting the glow of the word liberty. And I remember one woman. I was her bond servant. And though she had never guessed it, I was also her slave. She was giving a masquerade ball that night in honor of one Monsieur Ribot, who had been sent to New Orleans for the express purpose of returning me to France to face the fate of one who dared to stand up for human dignity. He did not know me by sight. And so I decided to put on a mask and costume and have a dance with the Lady Marianne to hold her in my arms for the first and the last time. Have we danced before, monsieur? There is something about you that seems... And yet, if we had danced, I'm sure I would not have forgotten you. We have danced together only in my dreams, Lady Marianne. So, you are a dreamer, too. Ah. Are you a dreamer, Lady Marianne? Oh, monsieur. All women are dreamers. And they all dream the same dream. One kiss, one man to say goodbye. One love for him alone. One word, one vow, and nothing beside her, knowing that the hour was almost midnight, thinking, how can I leave you? How can I leave you? And then remembering that this was a stolen hour, that I had a rendezvous with the ship, and that Lady Marianne, if rumor was to be believed, was engaged to the captain of that ship. But still I walked beside her, reluctant to relinquish that stolen hour. How beautiful it is out here in the garden. Mm, look at that moon, Lady Marianne. A new moon. Turn around and wish over your left shoulder. <laughs> you too. There. What did you wish? Mm, what men always wish for. The impossible, the unattainable. What did you wish for? I think the same as you. Let's pretend that we've walked here every night for, oh, say, four months. Why four months? Because then, then you'd surely know that the things I want to say to you are not just the pretty compliments one pays a lady at a ball. What are the things that you would say, monsieur? My heart is aching for someone, and you are that someone. 
someday love someone from somewhere they'll come one. one of my bondsmen was a nobleman, I knew immediately who it was. You are Robert Misson, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am Robert Misson. Man, save this gentleman. Thank you, my lady Marianne. Thank you. Monsieur Ribot, what does this mean? It means, your ladyship, I am in your debt forever. You have helped me capture one of the most dangerous men in New Orleans. Robert Misson. Monsieur Ribot. Congratulations, mademoiselle. You made a fool of me. And you used my love to betray me. But you just may have betrayed yourself as well. Goodbye, Mistress Marianne. Robert, have you forgotten? Come, Siribo. I am your prisoner. Follow me, men, and be careful that he doesn't escape. Robert! Robert! In this world you are Turn for the second act of the new moon in just a moment. Today, as rearmament gets underway, our railroads are speeding up their program to meet the nation's growing need for transportation. Part of their program sounds like this. Those are the sounds of a railroad repair shop where freight cars are repaired or rebuilt in a matter of days or even hours and then sent on their way again to carry America's defense material and the thousands of different things which we all use in our daily lives. Yes, America's freight car repair shops are mighty busy places these days, for railroad men know that the quickest way to increase transportation capacity within limits is by repairing cars as quickly as possible. So today, the railroads have more men at work repairing these cars. More hours are being devoted to the job in order to keep every available car rolling for our nation's defense and commerce. 
What's the result? Well, for example, on February 1st of 1950, when there was a surplus of freight cars, about eight out of every 100 cars owned by the railroads were awaiting repairs. But by the end of 1950, that number had been reduced by more than one-third. And today's figure of only about five cars awaiting repair out of every hundred owned is being brought still lower. What's more, the railroads have ordered 124,000 new freight cars. And at the same time, the railroads and shippers working together are putting more tons in a car and more cars in a train, loading, unloading, switching, and moving cars more promptly, tightening operations all along the line. Yes, in car repair shops and in every other part of their plant, the railroads are on the alert and at work to meet the increasing transportation demands of the rearmament program and the nation's commerce. Now, here is the second act of The New Moon, starring Gordon McRae as Robert Misson and his guest star Dorothy Kirsten as Lady Marianne. Monsieur Ribot took me on board The New Moon, ordered that I be thrown in irons, and went to bed. When he awakened the next morning, we were at sea. And Philippe notified him that the captain of the new moon wanted to see him. Misson, what are you doing in the captain's quarters? Where is Captain Duval? <laughs> I am the captain of the new moon now, Monsieur Ribot. Captain Duval was regrettably detained in New Orleans. Sudden accident. Something fell on his head. Why, you <laughs> pirates, you bandit, you... Every member of the crew is a follower of mine, Monsieur Ribot. We are bound for an uninhabited island in the Caribbean where we intend to set up a colony. A colony in the Caribbean? And what do you intend to do about the Lady Marianne? The Lady Marianne? Yes, yeah, she's on board this ship. That's impossible. Captain Duval brought her on board. There's been an understanding between them for some time. They plan to be married in Paris on this trip. Oh, I see. <laughs> I couldn't believe that Lady Marianne was on my ship. I loved her and I hated her so much at that moment that I couldn't tell where one stopped and the other began. I went up and left to look for her. And there she was, standing by the rail. She was singing, and as I stood there listening, a few moments, she never knew it, I was once again her prisoner. The sky was blue.
Diane had finished her song, I slipped back into my cabin unnoticed. She had betrayed me to Captain Rebo. Well, she'd been caught in her own trap. Her fine lover was back in New Orleans. And she was on the new moon bound for the Isle of Pines. During that long voyage, we didn't speak one word to each other until the day before we landed, when she stormed into my cabin. Captain Misson! What? Oh, the Lady Marianne. Well, this is an unexpected surprise. I hardly expected you to come to my cabin. I have been told that we will land in the morning. That is quite true, Lady Marianne. I am also told that you have given orders that every woman on the ship is to marry as soon as we land. That is also correct. And may I ask, whom do you expect me to marry? Why, anyone you choose. Thank you very much. It must make you feel very triumphant to have won your revenge against a woman, Monsieur Misson. You are completely contemptible. Good day, Monsieur Misson. Goodbye, Lady Marianne. You'd better forget that dream, Robert. Yes. Yes, I know, Philip. Love came to me gay and tender. Love came to me sweet surrender. into practice. We built our cabins, the men married. And the Lady Marianne remained the one unmarried woman on the island. One night, Monsieur Rebo called at my cabin and insisted that I go with him to talk to Marianne. I went most unwillingly. Monsieur Rebo, I do not know why you have come to my house with Robert Misson, but... Nor do I, Rebo. Lady Marianne and I have nothing to say to each now, other. Now, wait. First, let me tell you a story. A story particularly important to me because I am the villain of the piece. Once upon a time, not too long ago, a man danced with a girl at a ball. He kissed her. They fell in love. Monsieur Ribot. Monsieur Ribot, yes. That's the name of the villain. An aristocrat, a most despicable fellow. It was he who led this young man to believe that the girl had conspired in his arrest. When all the time that same girl was ready to move heaven and earth to save him. Rebo, is this true? Please. What is the use of telling him now? Marianne, I told Robert that you came on board the New Moon to go to France with Captain Duval and marry him there. You, you did that? It isn't true. Of course it isn't true. I came on board to try to help you escape. Oh, Marianne. And now at the very moment when the boy and girl thought they were hopelessly apart... They find themselves together on a moonlight night with only one wish. That the extra gentleman should say goodnight. 
And so, good night. Marianne. Oh, Marianne, darling. Oh, Robert. For a moment, I couldn't understand why Rebo had brought Marianne and me together. But I soon learned it was just another of his tricks. A trick to get me out of the way until the officers of the French Navy could land on the island and take me into custody. There he is, Captain. Arrest him. Robert Misson wanted for murder by the King of France. Not by the King of France, monsieur. There is no King of France. No King of France? France? On the 14th of July, a new flag, the tricolor, was raised over our country. France is a republic. Those of you who wish to remain here under Governor Misson may be citizens of the new republic. Those who wish to follow Ribot and the other aristocrats to the guillotine may fall in line. I, I, an aristocrat, I, Citizen Ribot. <laughs> Are there any other aristocrats on the island? Only this one, who is my promised wife. You are to be his wife, mademoiselle? Yes, Citizeness Marianne Misson, his wife, his follower, and oh, his love. Marianne. I remember every little thing you used to do. Look, darling, the moon is new. Turn your back on it and wish. Oh, my darling, I have everything I could wish for now. Kirsten will be back in just a moment. And thanks to Gerald Moore, Joe Vitale, Charles Smith, and our entire company for their fine performances in New Moon with book and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II, Frank Mandel, and Lawrence Schwab. Music by Sigmund Romberg and adapted for the Railroad Hour by Gene Holloway. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by the American Railroads. You know, it takes a lot of freight cars rolling day and night carry the great bulk of America's military and civilian goods. And that's why the railroads have speeded up the repair of freight cars. And that's why they've asked for enough steel to build thousands of new cars. The railroads are expanding their capacity all along the line so that there may be no lack in rail transportation, that basic transportation which is so essential to all of us. And now here again is lovely Dorothy Kirsten. Dorothy, there are a lot of superstitions about a new moon, but I found out tonight that a new moon with Dorothy Kirsten is just about the luckiest thing that ever happened to a show train. <laughs> well, thank you, Gordon. And as long as we're on the subject of moons, did I hear somebody say something about a cow jumping over one here next week? Well, if you go one line farther back in that nursery rhyme to the line that says the cat and the fiddle, you heard right, Dorothy. <laughs> because that's our show for next Monday, the cat and the fiddle. Oh, Sure. And your guest star is going to be that fine young soprano, Francis Yen. Well, sir, I'll be listening. Well, thanks, Dorothy, and, and join us again real soon, huh? Thank you. All aboard! Well, folks, it looks as though we're ready once again to pull out. And so until next week, this is Gordon McRae saying goodbye. <laughs>
New Moon was presented by special arrangement with Tam's Whitmark Music Library. Gordon McRae can be seen starring in the Warner Brothers production, The West Point Story. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. This is Marvin Miller saying goodbye until next week for the American Railroad. And now keep tuned to your Monday night of music on NBC. Voice of Firestone stars Jerome Hines and it's Ezio Pinza later on NBC.